Good morning, and welcome to the Pastors. We're it, back after a brief hiatus, video-wise. <laughs> Bruce and Raj, the inglorious ones. Yeah. Back for another half hour of fun, laughter, and stimulating conversation. How many years have we been doing this, Raj? Oh, gosh, I'm not the one to ask. It might be, let's see, 21, at least two. It could it, be, it's either two or three years. Pre Did we start before COVID? Not before COVID, no. We started in COVID. <clears throat> so it might have been 2020. I think it came up in my Facebook feed as a three-year memory. Really? And so I watched the first episode, which was probably our best episode. <laughs> I mean, it was really good. What day? What, I mean, what month? When Do you remember? What? Well, apparently it was May. Oh, it came up. Okay. So it came up as a, a three-year three memory. So we... This is now the third anniversary edition Whoa. of the Pastors. I'm wondering, I was wondering coming out of last week, if our listeners and viewers are just wanting more singing from us. Well, more songs, more we, music. We sang Shares Half Breed Half last breed. week, this morning. Before, <laughs> How in the world? <laughs> before you joined us, we were singing How Long Has This Been Going On by... Was that Hall and Oates? No, it's not. Well, I don't know who it was, but it wasn't Hall and Oates. I don't think. How long? No, it had Michael McDonald in it. So it was it was potentially. Well, he was one of the doobies, obviously. He was the lead doobie for so many years. Favorite doobie song? What's your favorite doobie song? China Grove. Very easy. One of the best little guitar riffs in history. Dun dun. Dun, dun, I always, dun, for whatever, dun, I always love, oh, that is a great, yeah. That's a great rep. Um, oh. I don't know why my mind is free. I, yeah. That's called a brain fart. There's <laughs> just nothing going no, it's on. Our, it's the, uh, oh gosh. What, what kind of fool? Uh, no, uh, what, what a fool believes is cool. What a fool but, believes, yes. No, but the, the I, Remember in high school. Listen to the music. Well, oh, no, that's also listen good. Listen to the music. Okay, I'm running out of doobie songs here. <laughs> and you got Jesus is just all right with me, yes. which is always kind of fun. A little controversial for some. Um, Blackwater. Blackwater. Oh yes, Blackwater. Blackwater. I just for whatever oh, reason I used to love keep Black. Keep on rolling, Mississippi Moon. Won't you keep on shining on me? Blackwater. Keep on rolling, Mississippi Moon. Won't you keep on shining on me? Keep, Keep on, on shining your light. Gonna make everything. Gonna make, gonna make everything all right. Cause I ain't in no hurry. Cause I ain't in no worries at all. <laughs> Little lyric misplacement there. But I haven't listened to that song in a long time. So it, yes, right. I need to work on that for my Peru trip, though, you know, because people love for me to sing 70s, 80s rock. So I need to listen to Blackwater again. So this is what you get in your feedback from your hikes. We love when you do 80s rock. Yeah, it's the sing. singing that brings people back. It's not the spiritual direction. Well, that's what I'm banking on for our podcast. What if, you know, we just started singing more? Maybe that's what's, that. maybe that's the secret sauce we've been missing. It could double our viewership. <laughs> We'd have, what, six? <laughs> Seven viewers? I don't know. The first one got 58 views, so that was... I mean, out of the gates, we were killing it. Well, what I mean, it was 58 views over the last three years. Is that, How does that? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's. It's, it's been going downhill from, people heard that first I don't one. know. You're, you're, you're the one that tracks the anchor 
stuff. And at one point we were trending, what, number nine and philosophy in Australia? I don't know what our analytics, I need to look that up at some point and see what our, <laughs> what the analytics say. But hey, we're just doing this for fun and it, it, anyone gets to listen in. It's a highlight it's... for both of us every week. That is true. In yes. fact, if you could see, we ought to do outtakes of what happens right after we end a podcast because we stay in sort of podcast mode. We can't seem to stop. And it's like, okay, the podcast has stopped, but we're still going. But that's because this from the beginning, and I have loved that part. The vision was, we're just having a conversation. The vision, I like it. The vision was. <laughs> like we had a vision. <laughs> the vision was, we're going to have a conversation. The long-term plan we And had. we're inviting listeners to join in on the martin brothers talk about so david it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't really surprise me then that we could we just continue conversing after the because it's a conversation podcast just because no. anchor says we have to end at 30 minutes doesn't mean we have to stop now, every talking. now and then we get into a conversation it's like ooh, hope that one didn't stay live <laughs> right <laughs> because that got a little uh pg <laughs> dicey <laughs> Roger's known for rated R stuff after the podcast. Is hey, over. not me. Hey, you know we could say this is for mature audience only and see if it pushes up the numbers, and then and then end up saying words like shoot, yeah, and, and darn it, and darn it, heck, yes, all those words that we couldn't say growing up that that now we can that we tried to say. Although Grandma Rice could say shoot, I noticed it was okay for her to say that. Like well, when she would go to get the chili out of the freezer and it was frost burnt. Oh, shoot. Well, it'll be fine. She had no idea she was euphemizing. Euphemizing. That was the, well, that, that's a you know, that's a euphemism for damn. That's a euphemism for. Right. We knew all the euphemisms <laughs> and they were out. Golly. Oh, we were pushing the envelope, baby. Golly. Gosh, it was a problem. We've laughed, I think, but I can still remember the fun of. You know, we're just saying, you know, hey, we're going over this damn bridge. Oh, yeah. When we were actually going over a dam. Yeah, we thought it was great. I fun. could say damn. And mom and dad would roll their eyes. They're like, I mean, we can't. They're not really. It's not. It's it was. But this reminds me. <laughs> of <What>? Acts 15. <laughs> when the church got together. And they were trying to make decisions about what people could do and couldn't do. Now, what's interesting is, because in my mind, so many denominational, I don't know if it's a strategy, but so many denominational um, expressions seem to be, at some level, how do we keep people in and how do we keep people out? Here's why I say that all the way back in Acts 15. The believers that were from the Pharisees. So you have Pharisees, they were previously Pharisees, might still be Pharisees, but now they're believers. So they're believing Pharisees. But they said this, right. they said a person can't be saved. That's the word they used in the passage. They can't be saved unless they follow the law of Moses. So it, it was like, you talk about exclusive and thereby, and I, I get it. They were used to, <laughs> is it proselytizing? Where, where a Greek or a Gentile could become a Jew, if they went through all these things. Right. So in their mind, well, okay, Jesus is an add-on, but you still got to do all the law of Moses stuff. But, but, and see, they're, they're seeing that, they're not seeing a new thing, they're just a revision of, it's a Jewish thing. Yeah, right. So, of course, this is, 
this is the Messiah, who's a Jew, who's going is going to add on is to the existing is um, adapting a Jewish system. He's so now he's inviting people into this Jewish kingdom. But yeah, not seeing it at- because they would read the scripture, and of course, Peter even pointed out the scripture that talked about that this was going to be that the Messiah would be a light to the Gentiles, right? And so, maybe begrudgingly, the Pharisees had to say, "Well, this scripture," and they bought into all the scripture where the Sadducees did not. So they're like, "We can't really dismiss that," but they wanted to, and that was what was interesting <laughs> to me about the church has always had things you can and can't do that aren't necessarily biblical or in line with the heart of God, or they might be what I would call Old Testament theology, thinking mindsets. Um, or, but here's where it gets really interesting, um, where you can't, where we start including things into the core of the, in other words, what it means to be a Christian. Because <clears throat> even what you're saying there, well, you can't really be a true believer if you're not doing this thing. So it's one thing. <clears throat> yeah, so it's we, we've got this idea. You've got it. We've got these man-made things that we think you've got to be doing. Um, but this other wrinkle that I'm seeing, that thing was there then. That I'm seeing today is is this layer to it that a true Christian can't be wrong on this or that. So even where I think, yes, um, a true Christian can't be wrong on God's heart about homosexuality. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whichever side, wherever you are there, a true Christian can't be wrong on, well, again, fill in the blank, where now um, we're ultimately... And the, where again, this tendency has always been to make things, even important things, fundamental that, that you have. This is central. And, and it's interesting that Paul argues later in his career <laughs> that if you add anything to the gospel, you nullify it, which is fascinating. So, because I'm watching Paul, I love, I'm enjoying reading through Acts right now. So, it's just kind of fun because it's a compressed narrative of all these missionary journeys of Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas and Mark, Paul and Silas, and the different things that they did. So, like early on, and I'm in, I'm in going into chapter 16 right now. So, Paul gets this revelation from God, extraordinary revelation about what the gospel really is, this justification by faith alone. Okay. And in di- but in different circumstances and different settings, he expresses that differently. Like at one point, he's like, if you're insisting on someone being circumcised, you may as well go ahead and emasculate yourselves. Now, but I just read in chapter 16, he had Timothy circumcised because his father was a Greek. But later on, he refused to have Titus circumcised because it would have been caving into the those that said, you've got to be circumcised. So it's just very interesting. Paul was in that tension of how do we live out the gospel in a culture and in their situation, in a divided culture. So if we think we live in a divided culture, because we do, right. very divided. I realize as I'm reading this morning, like <clears throat> they lived in this super polarized culture too. Jewish law and tradition, Greek law and tradition. And now everyone's coming to faith in Jesus Christ. How do we work that out? So this is great. I think it's funny. Other people might think it's the most amazing thing. I just think it's funny. And 
funny in 2023. <laughs> so they came up with here's the here they came up with four things that they were gonna have the Gentiles do <laughs> in line with in line with keeping keeping with the gospel in their culture. They said we want you to refrain from. There's only one that I think that we would adhere to today. <laughs> We want you to refrain from uh, meat that's been sacrificed, polluted by idols. We want you to uh, avoid anything that's been strangled. We want you to avoid blood, and which I'm, I'm all for that. I didn't even know. I thought that was a given. And although I wonder if a rare piece of steak, you know, would fit that. <laughs> anyway, it would. And then, uh, and then avoid sexual immorality. You will do well to do these things. And the believers were encouraged. But I'm just like, isn't this interesting? That was the four things they came up with then. So I'm like, I wonder if are there four things now that we would say these are pretty <laughs> these are pretty important for excuse me all of us yeah. Gentiles to adhere to, and of course what's helpful I mean what's important remember there is okay this is not what we're saying again means to be a Christian or that you they were talking about specific behaviors right How, kinds of things that we feel are really important and what's and, and they didn't say. <laughs> To be saved, you had to do those things. Right. Right. Which was which is huge. And what's fascinating if I compare that similarly with the Apostle Paul, where he's in different places, even on food offered to idols. Oh, I was thinking about that. Yes. He's different places. I wonder if part of the thing that that we're learning here is that in any given moment, we're seeking the Spirit of God in that moment. What we don't know. What we don't know is in that specific setting, what that city was about and the kinds of things where, where meat may have been a super big deal in that immediate context. Attached that, to something super pagan. Su right. So there's something. Yes. So where, because I think one of the things God has moved me toward is even as we're looking at the scriptures today, we're trying to listen for the spirit of God is how we live that out yes. and how we flesh that out in any given setting. So where the apostle Paul, part of that lesson may be, even as we look in the pages of Acts and even Paul going back and forth with certain things in any given moment, in any given setting, he's trying to seek out the leading of the spirit. What do we do? Cause here, what I, here what I'd say, even, even today, the church in Kenya Yes. Or the church in Haiti or the church in Korea or the church in Japan and Church of America, when their church or they're wrestling with in any given locale, what are we do we believe the spirit is leading us to emphasize? Great point. And and Luke even talks about that. Because when he finishes, when they finish this whole council of Jerusalem. He, Luke records it like this. It seemed good to the spirit and to them. Mm. In other words, so they were listening to the spirit. They were in their culture trying yes. to listen to the spirit. They said it seemed good to the spirit and to them. And I'm like, that's what we're doing today. It's what we're doing. To we might not have, I eat the meat of strangled animals pretty much every day, chicken, whatever else, you know, they're, you know, we don't drain the blood. I don't drink blood. That's just right. the whole thing. But I think it's important that I always go back to the, you know, the new law of Christ, which is to love each other as I have loved you. And it's that, it goes back to what Paul says, because love does no harm to its neighbor. It's this whole thing of love. So I'm always saying the heart of God, God is love. So the heart of God, what's the most loving thing 
that I can do in this setting, in this culture. And you're right, in different countries, it might look like I was thinking in Kenya or someplace that has been ravaged by civil war. Hey, I want you not to go into a neighboring village and machete people to death. That's just where, where this was considered the, when you even think Roger to the, to the crusades and all that, where, where Christians thought it'd be okay to mm -hmm. kill people that were not believers, infidels, whatever that, and I'm just like, this been going on. In other words, just, the polarization is nothing new. The tension is nothing new. But what you said, this whole thing of, I think every day we're called to listen to the spirit. What is God saying now? What is God saying? Because I do believe God is still speaking today. What is God speaking into our culture right now? Yep. What is the most loving response in loving others the way Jesus has loved me, the way Jesus loved the early apostles, the way Jesus loves everyone? What's the most loving thing I can do in response to that? Yeah. And that's really helped me. I and I've talked about it before on this podcast. I don't, I don't think you've read the book yet, but just Andy Stanley's book, Irresistible. So good because he argued that what made the church irresistible was this law of love. Not all the things right. that, that, that were attached to the church um, so much. I think the even when I look at this sort of a tenant idea, in Romans 14, where mm -hmm. disputable matters. Yep. I think one of the things... Who knew there could be so many? <laughs> well, and the reality is, aren't we, we, at some level, there's the fundamental, these are the essential. And then there's the disputable. That's a very large, in other words, the disputable are, here I'm going to say disputable, I'm not going to say they're unimportant, but they're not essential. They're not, this is at the heart of our faith. This is everything rides or dies. For instance, we say, okay, who Jesus is. Everything, you know, that that's a ride or die. I mean, that is a- That seems pretty important. That's. But in these other areas, again, not saying they're unimportant, but there's this large arena of areas where each of us are called, Paul says, to answer to the Lord how we're going to do Sabbath, how we're going to do special days, how we're going to live everyday life, how we're going to how we're going to live in the culture, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink. Right. Which in that culture here, we're even talking about what was seen as culturally acceptable or culturally evil. Um, you got to make these discernments where, <clears throat> where Paul is saying you're answerable to God, you're answerable and we've got to be careful. I think what we want so often is we, it's where I find myself. It's the idea that I, I kind of picked up growing up, whether or not it was explicitly taught, was this idea, the Bible's got a specific command for every situation. And, you, and we need to get that right. And you get that right. And it's right. It looks like this every time, no matter what. But much more of what I've seen now, I look in the pages of the Bible, what you're talking about is in any given moment, they're discerning where God is leading. Even on this matter of, I find this comical. Notice this the other day reading an act. You, I'm sure you ran into this. But in and saw it also in Galatians, Apostle Paul, I think it was in Galatians where he says, um, the Lord opened a door for us but I had no peace in my spirit because Titus wasn't there. So I did something different. 
And the other place I did listen to your video cast on that, okay. your face cast, where the Lord opened up a great opportunity for ministry, and there were many that opposed us. And always, and I'm like, we would see that as a closed door. Right? We would not be saying, "Oh, look how wide open the door is." And, and it's interesting that Paul, going back to his open door, closed door, that mentality, he would go through closed doors all the time. In fact, on his second missionary journey, after they stoned him in like Derby. Yeah, which is a classic example of a closed door. <laughs> it's a closed door. He decides after they come back, back to the Council of Jerusalem, they're going to go back and they're going to visit. Let's go back to Derby. And, and Barbus is like, I don't, Paul, do you, are you even, do you even know what a stoning is and what happened there? Because they stoned you I think in we're the city. an amnesia incident. Right. <laughs> Transient global amnesia for Paul. But I, I loved his boldness. So I was, when I read that, I'm like, that guy just was not. He was not afraid of anything. Let's go back. We're going to strengthen the churches. Because he, he had already told them after he got stoned. And by the way, if we think we deal with persecution in America, I'm just like, we have no idea. If we think cancel culture is a problem, wait till people are heaving 50-pound stones on you. Crushing, crushing culture. Right, crushing, <laughs> it's right. It's crushing culture. Crushing. But he's like, you know, let's go back and strengthen the churches. And this was after, right before he left on that first missionary journey, he said he told the believers there, we must endure many hardships to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And I'm like, not a lot of people are preaching that this day. It's not super palatable, but Paul knew from experience, you know, and we even, even told his story late in life, uh, three times flogged, twice beaten with rods, stoned and left for dead, shipwrecked twice. And he said, but these light, <laughs> I just love this, these light and momentary <laughs> afflictions. And I'm like, I stoning seems like that would be, traumatic you would have ptsd <laughs> there was, anytime someone picked up a rock you would freak i mean and yet for him it was it, he was so committed to the gospel of christ he he was fearless absolutely fearless and he was but he was also i can't explain it, it I, in some ways paul did live out what jesus said you've got to be the whole thing between serpents and wise as serpents and as gentle as doves and, but this gets back to, ooh, I see in Paul, what I saw in Jesus, like you get this sense that hourly, Jesus was talking to the Father, what do I do right here? Yeah. I only do what the Father tells me to do. So you, it's a moment by moment. It's moment by moment. And you see Paul, he's not looking at the signs. He's not looking whether, because sometimes where there's trouble, he wouldn't go. Yeah. So, no, sometimes, sometimes he where, would leave the city. Where there was resistance. Uh -huh. They, By the way, which shake the dust off their sandals and leave. Uh, didn't he escape Jerusalem out of a basket when yep. someone was trying to kill him? Yep. In other words, but what he's doing is, Lord, how do you want me to handle this right now? And and this is where I see, even with the scriptures, where should I should I have Timothy circumcised? Spirit, God? right? In this case, I think so. I think there's going to be a lot right. of pushback because his fathers agree. Titus, absolutely <laughs> not, because now because the 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 sect of the Pharisees is saying you have to be circumcised right. to be saved. And that would be, that would be, as Paul said, dismissing the gospel. But, but yeah, let's listen to this. What would you, yeah. I even thought about Jesus. You know, when I tell the story of the wedding at Cana, you know, cause he, Jesus, and when you read Jesus and I was reading, of course I'm reading the gospels at the same time. I was reading that place where his brothers were like, Hey, anyone wants to be a public figure needs to be in public. So it's the feast of the, the Passover. You need to come on up, come on up. And he's like, no, any time is right for you, but my time is not yet okay. come. Yeah. And it's, but anyway, I was going back to, he's listening to the spirit in that moment. He's listening to the father. Right. But I love his first miracle. 
his mom's like, hey, you need to help him out to run out of wine. Just just do whatever he says. And he's like, woman, what, what do I have to do with you? In other words, I don't I'm not taking orders from you. I'm listening to the father. But I think I think the father whispered, listen to your mom. Yeah, it's time. Because right. Jesus, I, I was speaking. Jesus <laughs> wouldn't have done it. Now, is, yep. and isn't it interesting how yep. God speaks through people? I know you referenced this yep. in your open door, in your you know how God speaks today. Often God speaks through people. There's been times where I've had someone speak. Now it rarely ever came on the heels of I have a word from God for you, right. because then my I'm my you know my whole my whole defense system is really high. Right. I'm like, but sometimes a person almost in passing says, "Hey, I think this would be important for you to do." And I'm like, it's like the spirit says, that's for me. Oh, I've had moments where someone said something and I've had a moment where I felt the sense God was saying, that's that's a word from me. Yep. And this is where I think, again, there's much more of this that God wants to do. Even it's It's like, even as we're looking at the scriptures in any given moment, how is that speaking today? How is that speaking into this moment? And it's one reason why, again, <clears throat> and to realize that it doesn't look the same for every person, every time in the same way, even in a moment, God, how is this person walking out this situation where I believe two people looking at the same scripture in a given setting, in a given moment, the spirit says, here's what it looks like for you. And, and, and this person, it looks a little different for that. And to the Lord, each person stands or falls. They're, they're sensing. And where we have to be so careful about, God spoke to me about it this way. And that's what he intends for everybody. That's what he intends for. The, even that's part of what the caution in Romans 14 is. The care you have to take is wherever you land, you're sensing that God doesn't want you to eat this meat. You're with a neighbor yep. and you feel like you need to make a statement that, and you sense in the spirit that, the, but the spirit could be telling you this neighbor, I know how this neighbor responds. So here's how I want you to respond. But then you look at somebody else and they're having a meal with their neighbor. Wait, and they're doing it differently. Could it be that the spirit spoke a different word to them in that moment? Rod, Rod, this is huge. Yeah. I think the Spirit does that all the time. Right. This is why I say all the time, what is the Spirit saying now? Right. You know, if, if you even look at the teaching of Jesus, he, he seemed to be saying, but listen to what the Father is saying now. Right. He declared all foods clean. I mean, it's just an interesting thing. He said, you can see that what goes into the body and comes out does not defile a man. It's what comes out of his heart. That's the problem. And it's interesting, Mark, as an aside, almost a parenthetical statement, so, and I think it might be in parentheses. In doing so, Jesus declared all foods clean. And I'm like, that—that that is a staggering statement yes. for a Jewish person to make. But Jesus was saying, listen to what the Spirit is doing now. Peter gets the vision, the, the sheets coming down with the unclean. And he says, uh, not so, Lord, which is one of Peter's favorite lines. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I've never had shrimp, not starting now. You know, forks out, that's pork derivatives. <laughs> Jesus says... I'm going to have to die. <laughs> Not so, Not Lord. So, Lord. <laughs> but, but God the Father said, Peter, listen to what I'm saying now. And so when Peter and he goes with Cornelius and he visits his house and he sees the Spirit of God at work there, 
And he's now he's having to explain it to brothers in Jerusalem who are not happy that he's been going to this Gentile's house. <clears throat> but in this long diatribe that Peter goes into, even in Acts 15, he talks about Christ being who, who God the Father has made the judge of the living and the dead. And as, as I thought about that, I'm like, I think Peter is making a point to them about you're not the judge of the living and the dead. You can't make a judgment about who's saved and who's not. Right. You can't make, we are, that is that is above our, I think he was saying we're, that is above our and, and pay it's, grade. It's the message of Romans 14 hmm. where he says, who are you to judge your brother? Have you not become judges with evil thought? Is that the same? No, no, that's James too. That's a different. Okay, but he, but this this idea is they're going to stand before the Lord, who is the judge for that person. Yes, and and we've got to remember that that we don't end up taking that role of judging. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, even in marriage counseling, I remind spouses that they don't need their personal Holy Spirit like you. <laughs> they need the Holy, the Holy Spirit. That's that's an appropriate the word. <laughs> Not the Google, not the YouTube, but the Holy Spirit. But sometimes I, I realize we could all try to be little private, personal Holy Spirits. But, the, but the, going back to that, a word from the Lord. If I have to start something with, with "This is a word from the Lord," it's almost like a, it's almost like swearing in the old days, which was by God this or that, and they're like, "Yeah, don't even do that. Don't don't try right. to add God to the thing." If you speak something to someone, they've got to make a discernment about: it. is that from God or is that from Bruce? Yep. And I trust that in counseling because I don't think I'm that smart. Yep. So I might counsel someone, but I'm trusting the spirit of God is going to like interpret that for them. Yep. Because um, I'm not, I'm not smart enough for that. <laughs> so today is wrapping up. <laughs> Good 20 seconds. <laughs> uh, live in the tension, make discernments. Don't judge others for their discernments. I had nothing wrong with that <laughs> at all. I guess the rhyming requirement went out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was waiting for you to come.